Welcome to the Mary Jane Experience. Unbiased, unabridged, and most of all, informative. From our mountaintop view here in Colorado, here's how we see the cannabis industry today. Let's look at weed. Welcome back to the Mary Jane Experience, everyone. Casey Jones alongside Strawberry Sequoia. New podcast for this week, Strawberry. Other than your stomach gargling and gurgling, what's going on this week? <laughs> yeah, so these are pretty interesting times with the coronavirus going on. Um, everybody is reacting differently. and To say the least. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of stress and there's some fear. But one thing that everybody can relate to is that we are trying to social distance some people are full on quarantining mm-hmm. and we asked everybody on social media if they're listening to more podcasts. The answer was yes. <laughs> so, of sense. course. <laughs> it's a good time to be in podcasts. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we're going to try our best to produce as many episodes as possible. We usually bang out once a week. We bang out once a week. <laughs> Yikes! Married life, you know. <laughs> but um, yeah, we usually put on out one calendar. every Thursday. We're gonna try and just see how many we can do. So we have a lot of cool interviews stockpiled. So this is the perfect time to get those all produced. Anyways, absolutely. This episode is, I think, really interesting as a plant nerd. Hell yeah! And I interviewed Eleanor, the CEO of LeafWorks. So she is a biologist and botanist. She has a PhD in genetics. She's a trained herbalist. She, so she's like a super hardcore plant lady. Another in, incredibly uneducated human being that we're talking to. <laughs> <laughs> we only pick the worst. Um, no, so she is fascinating. And she started a company or she's the CEO of a company called LeafWorks, which is a botanical identification company, essentially. Which is awesome. Exactly. Like, I kind of want to go there. It almost sounds like the um, the Butterfly Pavilion that we have down here in Denver, but well, you're for thinking... plants. So no. actually, LeafWorks is completely separate from okay. the next topic that she also goes into, which is the Candor Herbarium. Ah, uh, that's what I'm thinking So of, LeafWorks yes. is sort of the business that they have. And then mm-hmm. they started also a separate nonprofit, which is an herbarium. Which and... I do want to go to that as well. It's so cool. For those of you that don't know what an herbarium is, it's a collection of preserved plant specimens and associated data, essentially, that's all used for scientific study. She's now doing this. It's it's done for like all sorts of plants, um, but she's doing it for cannabis. And it's also sort of a way to, as growers, put your strain or what you've grown uniquely into cannabis history. Yeah. Like a cannabis plant museum yeah like a plant not not a full-on plant vault but yeah like a plant museum is a better way to think about it so (laughs) i think everything we went through is really interesting we touch on some more practical things just like label fidelity um we talk about like having certificate of authenticities and seals to make products more transparent for consumers talk about sustainable agriculture all sorts of interesting things so if you're a plant nerd like us this is a fun episode. Absolutely. So sit back, relax, and enjoy while you're quarantined, self-quarantined, or just social distancing and need something cool to listen to. That's right. And before we start, 
We just want to give a shout out to another podcast you might consider listening to during these quarantine times. Hosted by Emmy-nominated comedian Mike Glazer and former High Times editor Mary Jane Gibson, Weed and Grub is a comedy and culture podcast that the big old comedy website Vulture called a never-ending quest to have a good time. Spark up, chow down, and listen to Mike and Mary Jane swap stories with legends like David Crosby, Jim Belushi, comedian Ron Funches, graffiti artist Claw Money, whoever that is, <laughs> Michelin star chefs, and titans in the cannabis industry. Light one up and check them out. Weed and Grub, available everywhere you get hot pods. That's awesome. Yeah, hot pods. <laughs> Can we call ours a hot pod? Well, we are now. Sorry, hot we're stealing that. pods. <laughs> All right, so let's get on with the show. <laughs> now back to your regularly scheduled programming. Here's Eleanor from LeapWorks. All right, so I'm here with Eleanor of LeapWorks. Eleanor, can you just start out by giving our listeners a little look inside of your background and sort of your journey into cannabis? Yeah, sure. Um, I am a medicinal plant person is my, my background. I come to this from really focusing on a lot of different medicinal plants. And so the interest in cannabis is, of course, a natural one. Um, as it is one of the rock stars of the medicinal plant world. And so I really come to this table representing a lot of different plants, but cannabis is um, some is a plant that's really important in what's going on right now you know, across the nation and especially within California where I reside. Definitely. And so you work with a company called LeafWorks, and can you tell us a little bit about LeafWorks and sort of the dilemma that you guys are working on solving? Absolutely. So LeafWorks is primarily a botanical identification company, and so we work within the natural product supply chain to really help people know what they're buying, selling, and growing at the plant ID level. So this is a sort of ubiquitous issue with the natural products. So what's on that label? We got to make sure that what's inside the product is consistent with what's on the label. And when you come to cannabis, you have all these beautiful, very special, very unique plants that have special attributes. And it's really important not only for the individual selling the plant or providing the plant to the community, but also the individuals purchasing those plants that they know what they're getting and that they're getting the same thing every time. And so what we do at LeafWorks is we really help establish um, cultivar plant definitions such that we can really help translate that plant identity to the consumer and provide a way for your farmer or your grower to explain to their customer what they're providing to them. Yeah, I think that is really important. And in looking at your website, um, it talks a lot about DNA testing, and I was curious of like sort of how DNA testing of cannabis works, what that process looks like. Yeah, so we are a genetics-based company, so we utilize DNA to answer these questions. And in, we answer all kinds of questions. The most fundamental question is probably, I have this plant and I'm growing these regular seeds and I want to know which one of these seeds is a boy and which one of these seeds is a girl, like male and female, so gender testing. 
So we do that for cannabis and utilizing DNA is a very efficient way of looking at a plant. Chemistry is super interesting, but chemistry of course varies not only across plants, but within the same plant depending on how it's grown. And this is true not only in cannabis, but all of our, all of our medicinal and culinary plants, which is why where something is grown is also very important because it adds to the, the final product. It adds to the quality of that final product. And so the, the way we utilize genetics is really as a solid basis to gain identity and then translate that into either information or utilize it with some of our customers. They're doing their own internal breeding projects. And so we help utilize that information to push their own projects forward. It's really interesting. And I was actually just reading about, which was new to me and, and maybe it's a silly thing, but the fact that you can get the same seeds and if you grow them in Colorado versus Kentucky, you might have entirely different levels of THC. And so all of a sudden you thought you were growing, you know, something you, you could sell as hemp, but all of a sudden it has too much THC for hemp. <laughs> so you would help people figure out all of that. Yes, that is one of the things that we do is really looking at the variation of how the environment affects the genetics. So it's this wonderful thing that we have in genetics called G by E. And G by E is the genetics times the environment is actually what dictates the phenotype of the plant. So what the chemistry is going to be, how tall it's going to be, um, what color the flowers will be, depending on you know, what plant you're talking about. And so what we do is we look at that genetic component, which is stable, and then you can understand how much the environment influences the, out, the outcome or the phenotype that you're interested in or not interested in, depending on, you know, if you're looking at hot plants or too much THC, if you're trying to grow hemp. And we help, can help guide that process so that you not only are looking at genetics that work within your environment, but also best agricultural practices that help you get those genetics to the place you want them to be. It's really interesting. So you mentioned earlier about, um, you know, one of the end goals being the labeling. And I thought maybe you could explain to listeners uh, what is label fidelity? What exactly does that mean? Yeah, label fidelity. So, you know, whenever we go into the store and we're purchasing, it's, it's particularly um, easy to explain within the natural products and the sort of supplement world. So if you're buying you know, powdered plants in pill form at, at your local health food store. And on the label, it says that there's ginkgo inside that bottle. You want to know that when you're taking those pills, you're actually eating ginkgo and you're not eating something else. And so label fidelity is really looking at the, is substantiating the claim that's made about the product on the label. And so there's been a lot of um, evidence of fraud in the natural products world. And we know this is also true within cannabis. You know, just because the jar at the dispensary says it's one thing doesn't mean that that's the plant that you're actually purchasing. And so label fidelity is really a way to honor transparency in the system and get the consumer what they think they're purchasing. Yeah, definitely. I mean, this is a pretty big issue that, especially in the CBD world, um, how pervasive would you say this issue really is? Like how big of a deal is this? 
Oh, it's a huge big deal. And I think it's multifaceted. If you look at the CBD world and you're really just looking at hemp. So we've worked with quite a few farmers last season and, you know, they're purchasing seed and they think that, I mean, it starts at the seed. They're purchasing, you know, pounds of seed for, you know, X number of acres that they're going to grow. And the first issue is they think they're buying homogenous seed. And then when we test their seed, we find that the seed is in fact not homogenous. So you have an admixture of different kinds of seeds in that seed lot, which is never a good thing if you're, you're aiming for a consistent product and consistent um, growing in your, you know, in your field. And so it starts there. And then once you get through, it's, you know, that issue where sometimes it's, it's not even intentional. You know, you have a plant that in Colorado is, is a hemp plant and it, it, when you grow it, it's under the threshold of THC limit and it technically is hemp. And then you take it to another location and you grow it in that new environment and the chemistry shifts and you have something that no longer qualifies as hemp. And so, you know, not, it's not always intentional but it is exceptionally important to start tracking these things so we can understand where the lines are and help to you know, move the entire industry forward in a, in, a, in a productive way. Definitely, I mean, as a company, just having that transparency and honesty with your consumers, I think right now is probably one of the biggest things in, especially in hemp, but in cannabis in general. Um, and without that, you're gonna lose speed really fast. People are learning not to trust people, unfortunately. Um, well, yeah, I mean, that's the quickest way to get someone not to come back to your brand is to have an inconsistent product. Definitely. You know, every time you buy something of the same nature, you want it, you know, to be within a window, <laughs> window of the same thing. And if it's radically different, it's gonna, you're going to be really hard pressed to have them come back a third time. Yeah, I mean, a new industry, of course. So, and, and then you guys come in there as well. So can you tell us about sort of the, the tests and services that you offer for growers, cultivators, manufacturers, uh, the whole shebang? Yeah, so our primary test is our, is our gender ID. So that's really a grower test. So if you're on the ground level germinating seeds and you wanna know what they are, or you want to verify that your feminized seed are in fact all feminized, that's um, a very important fundamental test for us. We also um, are launching a supply chain certification. And so this is where you as, a, as an organization would take your plants, define them. Um, it's a it's sort of like a cultivar registration program. You register those, those cultivars and then we can track them much like you would any other plant through the supply chain to prove that you have a COA from a third party that the plant you say that you're selling is in fact the plant that you're selling. And so we can track that through all points of the supply chain. This becomes very important for organizations that are distanced from the actual cultivation of the plant and are just purchasing material or purchasing secondary byproducts like trim. It's a way to vet not only are they getting the trim from the plant they, they are being told, but also that there's no admixture. There's not two or three different plants that are mixed together at varying ratios. And this becomes very important for product makers because if you have an inconsistent input product, it's gonna be very difficult to make your end product consistent. And this is something we see in natural products, in tea makers, tincture makers, really testing the incoming material is of critical importance so that their manufacturing practices stay consistent and they can produce a consistent product themselves. Definitely. 
I can 100% see how that would be important for uh, product makers. What if you say have a home grow or, or even you want to test a product, maybe you bought at the store and you just don't trust it completely. What are tests and services you might offer for consumers to do? Absolutely. So there's all, there's absolutely a consumer facing side. We have a lot of home growers that have seeds and they're like, we don't know what this is. And we really, or we were told that we, you know, these seeds are from this area of the world or these seeds are, you know, this kind of plant. And we really want to know, are these plants what we think they are? So that's a really fun one that we get quite a bit verifying the identity of sort of unknown or mystery plants. We also really do have a few, you know, in, there are there are times when people will test products. I think that's coming more and more as people become more savvy in their product purchasing, where we can test and verify that the product that they have purchased is in fact comprised of the components that are listed on that label. Yeah, I mean, I, it'd be kind of hardcore for the standard consumer probably to like test all their products, but it's just an interesting thing to think about. Um, yeah, and it depends what you're using those products for. I think that we forget that not all of us are in this this recreational market, and there are a large number of individuals that really have particular ailments or issues where certain plants really have a positive effect on their outcome, and other plants are non-effective. And so in that realm, in sort of the more medicinal realm, I think there's a lot more interest in consumers themselves driving the knowing and consumers themselves testing their own products for consistency because it's you know it's it's of critical importance it, it's not just oh it would be great if this were consistent but if it's not nothing's going to happen it, it really is an important um, aspect of their lives to make themselves feel happy and healthy and fight disease and having that consistency is is exceptionally important that's a really good point, and I'm, and I'm really glad you said that. And so if, if you are going to the stores and you're not willing to do that testing yourself, um, there's a seal that people can look for. Can you tell us what does the seal mean and what, what should we be looking for? Yeah, so the LeafWorks certified seal is something that's launching in the market in the coming, in the coming year. And if you see a, a product with that LeafWorks certified seal on it, you are guaranteed that the label claim is has been substantiated by a third party. So you know that the input materials are in fact consistent with the label. And this is something that we, you know, we do for all other botanicals. You know, if you go to your health food store, it's the same thing with that ginkgo example. And, and you, you, you trust that there really is ginkgo in that product. And so if you see the LeafWorks seal, you can be, you can rest assured that the product has been tested and those claims are in fact verified. Yeah, I think this is so important to point out that you should be looking for a seal, asking for a certificate of analysis. You should be, the consumers need to essentially drive the, you know, legitimacy of the industry, ask for it, right? Yeah, well, if you don't ask for it, it's going to be a lot harder to receive it. And there's so many things. I mean, so many cultivators and operators and manufacturers, you know, they have so much on their plates right now that there are almost too many things to do. And so the voice of the consumer and the 
qualifications and the needs of the consumer as they become more refined will definitely dictate, you know, the practices that the, that the manufacturers and cultivators adhere to. And yeah. so demanding transparency and, and demanding that kind of label fidelity um, will become more and more important as consumers become more and more educated and more and more savvy about what they, they do and don't want to see in the market. Definitely. Education being a big key oh. as well there. Very interesting stuff from Eleanor there. Yeah, I think it's interesting to see from the inside perspective as a Mm non-farmer how much this helps farmers. I mean, even as simple as just like, is this seed male or female? Yeah, absolutely. The the identification point that she's making there I think is awesome. And it'd be really interesting. Like I want to like look at it under a microscope kind of and like learn that. Obviously, I don't know and I don't know about like plant identification processes or taxonomy or anything of the like. Um, but it's just incredibly interesting. That's very useful information. Yeah, I think that it's really important, especially right now and especially in the CBD world where everybody's coming out with all this crazy shit mm-hmm. for companies to be able to offer a consistent product. And without that, you don't have the trust of your consumers, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. This kind of thing is really important. Yeah, and it, and it could be... You know, companies, because we, we see it all the time, people are like, feminized CBD seeds. Um, and somebody there could have a rough idea, but not have a specific like way to identify these. And so you could get a bad product just simply because somebody's not in the know. So if this knowledge, again, knowledge is power. Again, if all of this knowledge is, is spread through the industry, we'll get more consistent product. It'll help farmers. It will also help um, just the industry as a whole. And that goes down to DNA genetics, too. Um, which you talked about a little bit as well. Yeah, absolutely. So the DNA testing is so important. The other thing that I thought, I still think, and will always think is fascinating is how you could take the same exact seed and plant it in two different places and it will change the chemistry of the plant. Yeah. What? That's nuts. That goes back to like what Jeff... <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah, farmer Jeff was kind of talking about, he's like, the 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 dirt that you grow in will affect your end product so greatly yeah and that's that, i guess it follows in line with that but yeah that's crazy interesting yeah. dna the it's almost funny because people are so like oh the, we have the best genetics and da, 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 da. and then it comes down to wait how are you growing it where are you growing it why are you growing it etc so the whole process needs to be evaluated and again what like deeps. as we get better at identifying those things we can you know just become a better industry make the industry a better place which on the consumer end of that which she talked about a little bit is just very simply label fidelity it's a big issue and as a consumer it's something you should care about i want to know what's in my products whether it's weed or a health any other supplement or yeah. food in general i mean i just want to know what's in there and so asking for things like the certificate of authenticity and for something like a leafwork seal can help make the industry a better place. If you're a consistent listener to the podcast, I think we've mentioned this before. Yes. Um, so why not do it one more time? COAs, just ask your bud tenders. Um, Muy importante, bitches. Yep. Vote with your dollar. You as a <laughs> consumer have the ability to ask for these things. The industry will listen to you. You know, we talked with 
um, some high level executive at a big dispensary and brought that up with them. And they were like, yeah, if it's demanded by the customer, we do it. Well, look at so, the organic food industry. It's yeah. like 10 years ago, it barely existed and people voted with their money. And here we are. And Whole Foods is now uber Amazon. rich. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, so anyways, anyway. up next. We're going to go into what we talked about in the beginning, the Candor Herbarium, something I am very fascinated by, herbariums yeah. just in general. She's going to give us her industry predictions, which we do on every episode. I think it's always super interesting. And she talks a little bit about sustainable agriculture and mm -hmm. how the cannabis industry is helping to shed light onto that as well. So without yeah. further ado. More from... Dr. Eleanor? Doctor. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Dr. Eleanor. Another thing I wanted to ask about is the, and hopefully I say this right, the Candor Herbarium. And yes. How it, what it, what that is essentially. <laughs> yeah. So, um, Herbariums are the most fundamental way that we define plants. So if you find a new species of plant, one of the first things you're gonna do when you write that species description is you're gonna press some of these plants. So it's kind of like what we all did as kids when we found a four-leaf clover, put it in that telephone book and smush it, and then that four-leaf clover is gonna last forever. And so we do this as a way to document our plants in an herbarium. And on the testing business, so when we are looking to make tests to identify ginkgo or echinacea or dandelion, the first thing we do is we go to an herbarium, reference verified material in order to make a test that's accurate to the material. And so when you come into the cannabis space and the hemp space, this resource is completely lacking. And so we decided, well, we need to start one. And so we started a nonprofit. It stands on its own. It's really, um, it's just an herbarium. It's a, it's a beautiful and wonderful thing where individuals can document their own plants, write their descriptions of what those plants are, and then they're held in repository at Candor. Um, LeafWorks interaction with Candor is such that anytime LeafWorks takes in a client and they're doing their own breeding or they're making their own plant de definitions, entering into like a supply chain certification or a cultivar registration, we require them to also make herbarium pressings and submit them to Candor. And so we donate a lot of, or, you know, submit a lot of samples to Candor because it vets, it, it grounds their genetic data in something real. And then the herbarium itself is, is a separate entity that holds those vouchers or those plant pressings. And it's really important for the community itself because it's a way to establish precedent. And so if a group has had plants for a really long time, um, people have wonderful collections of a lot of really diverse plants, they can then document that through the herbarium and they have a way to reference the history of their collections such that they can prove ownership or they can prove that they've been stewarding those plants and this protects them in various ways from outside organizations coming in and claiming that these plants are uniquely theirs. And so the herbarium serves a lot of functions, but it's, it's separate from LeafWorks in the, in the sense that, you know, it's, its, own, it's a nonprofit, it does its own thing, it has its own projects with various organizations. And it was just something we knew we needed to start because it's a resource that 
explains the plant material and you can't do good, you know, we were doing botanical identification at LeafWorks. You can't do good botanical identification without that kind of resource. And it's not the job of a geneticist to make those definitions. That's absolutely absurd. Those definitions need to come from the community, the history, and the long, you know, I mean, it's so complicated because people have been stewarding these plants under such difficult conditions, you know, prohibition and honoring all of the work that has been done and letting those individuals that really have done, have done the hard work make the definitions of the plants that we all now get to benefit from is exceptionally important to us. And so Candor gives them that platform to press plants and to make descriptions and to claim the history that is theirs. And then at LeafWorks, when we do interact, there's certain individuals that have plants that want to be included in the cultivar test. And in that, that desire, those individuals are included in that cultivar panel such that we can reference their plants using their definitions. Wow. That is so fascinating. I love, love that you guys started this. It's such a cool resource. So how is this, I mean, mainly probably larger growers, it wouldn't be like a personal home grower that, that submits or, or do you get submittals, submissions from um, smaller sort of more? We, we, yeah, we get them from everyone. There's definitely large, a lot of large growers because they see the economic value of laying claim to their material in a, in a neutral third party. Um, but we have a lot of, you know, just home growers that have fascinating collections, have been collecting for a long time. A lot of plants that aren't necessarily commercially viable, but are interesting either for their flower, their smell, their medicinal properties. And so it's really a, a very amazing and diverse group of individuals that contribute to the herbarium. That's so interesting. So is it mainly um, California plants essentially, or can they come from anywhere? Is that, um, can you ship pressings? <laughs> So the way the herbarium works is local chapters hold the material. So if the material is from Oregon, a local chapter in Oregon will hold the material. If, the, if they're hemp plants from North Carolina that we're vouchering, those plants are held in North Carolina. So there, there are herbariums in various states. California, by far, just by our presence and the history of the cannabis community in the state and the importance of the genetics that have been developed here is by far the largest. Um, they have the largest chapters and the most numerous chapters, but they are all over the place at this point, which is really nice. That is really cool. And is there any sort of um, like community access if you wanted to, you know, you had a question or you wanted to see it or, you know, maybe an online kind of database? Is there anything like that? Yeah, right now we are fundraising to digitize the accessions, and so that's in the future plan, but it's not currently available, but it's absolutely um, one of the goals that we're all working towards. Yeah, I think that would be a really cool resource, resource to just be able to take a look at in general, just for fun, and then, of course, also for research. Absolutely. I completely agree. Um, it sounds like you guys are doing a lot of thinking about the future. And one question that we ask everybody that comes onto our podcast is for their one, five, and 10-year cannabis industry predictions. Whoa. <laughs> 
Um, Hard questions come out at the end, you know? Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, the one year is definitely, is definitely easier. I think that there will continue to be a lot of movement of players, a lot of new players and individuals that are in the market now falling out. Um, I, there's just a lot of shuffling going on. I think um, the, the shifting sands of regulation as that becomes more and more codified and we have more and more stability within that, there'll be, you know, it's just, it's really hard to grow as a business when everything is changing. You know, it's very hard financially. It's very hard mentally and emotionally to keep up with that kind of shifting sands that I think so many organizations have um, really deeply been feeling over the last couple of years. And I think that'll continue in the next year. I think within five years, we'll start to see a little bit more stability. I, I am curious about the hemp hype and how that's going to shake out and how we're going to, you know, view hemp in five years. Cause of course, as a, as a botanist, it's all the same plant. <laughs> so um, I, I find it kind of amusing the the bifurcation that we see in the hemp and cannabis spaces. I think they'll in the next five years come together a little more, um, especially depending on how federal federal laws play out. In ten years, man, ten years I think we'll have a, a slightly more mature market, and I I'm really looking forward to the time when we just view cannabis as another medicinal plant. And so when we go to the store and we're dealing with echinacea, we're dealing with nettles, we're also dealing with cannabis. And we realize that it's just another one of our amazing botanical resources. Definitely. Beautifully said there, especially that last part, you know, isn't that everybody's goal is to just, I mean, destigmatize it to the point where we can see it for what it is. It's a plant that grows in the ground that has a lot of medicinal qualities. Yep. Well, coming to an end here, I just would like to see if there's anything um, that I'm just not knowledgeable enough to even ask, pose a question, or if we missed anything, or if there's just anything else you'd like to add. Hmm. Yeah, I think we covered a lot. I, I really am excited about just the growth that's happening in the industry and the destigmatization that's happening around cannabis itself and the amount of interest it can generate in the botanical world and sort of relooking at our farming practices through the lens of cannabis and how it's not only the plants we grow and the plants we consume, but also how we, how we grow them and how those practices really affect our, our health and the health of our entire environment our communities. Um, that's something I also really am hopeful about cannabis in the next five to 10 years is how the lens of cannabis can really shift how we view a lot of the ag tech, bio ag tech, and just farming practices in general that, you know, we've taken for granted as normal when they're really not. And sort of shifting to a more holistic and long-term vision of healthy ecosystems and healthy farm life within those ecosystems. Yeah, that's a really interesting thing to bring up too and probably an entire episode we need to 
drill down on. <laughs> oh, yes. I could give you lots of names to talk to. It's a, it's a really important aspect of what's going on in the cannabis community. The cannabis community has really held a torch for a lot of the regenerative farming practices and that shift in mindset that you can be profitable and make a beautiful product without having to sort of conform to, you know, big industrial ag. Interesting. Well, I'll take you up on those names because that sounds like a fascinating subject to get into. Um, but Eleanor, thank you so much for joining me and for all of your great information. We'll have everything transcribed also as a blog post on our website for people to check out with links back to everything we talked about. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Again, I can't reiterate this enough. I want to go to this herbarium. I just want to go to herbariums. Can we herbariums get herbarium? are cool. Yeah. We could, like, I think that anybody in their own small way could start an at-home herbarium just by pressing plants from your garden and documenting them. I, it wouldn't be go. on quite the same scale or mm. as scientific, but yep. it sounds lovely. Yeah, it does. It just Let's sounds like... Let's do a canavan herbarium and t- pick small plants from everywhere we go. Oh, there you go. That could be a cool piece of content. Have a big herbarium book. If you want to see the Canavan Travel Herbarium, you can find that on the Mary Jane Experience website, maryjanexperience.com, starting sometime in mid-June. Yeah, we'll see if that happens. (laughs) Casey Jones is always like super optimistic about every idea we have. Oh, yeah. (laughs) He's like, yeah, we're going to get that going right now. And I'm like, okay, I'll... I'm a a full believer that (laughs) I'll sleep when I'm dead. And then I get one quarter of the things that I try to get done. Here we are. But yeah, I thought, you know, obviously the herbarium is very cool, a great way to define and document plants, something that wasn't really happening in the cannabis industry, even though it happens in all other industries. And it's just cool to have a database of all these interesting strains and genetics that growers are are inventing. I mean, and have invented a bazillion years ago and just Mm -hmm. like getting it all organized. Or are discovered because there's like land race seeds, you know, that are Mm -hmm. are considered like quote unquote og or are unaffected by ge- like yeah. plant geneticists when you can kind of claim um, it's like the wild west right you yeah. can claim your strains if no one else has been like has claimed that yet mm-hmm. you can say i invented this and you like go down in history as the person who invented super bubble chewini scrubby dubby <laughs> good time scrubby dubby good time strength that's gonna be mine scrubby dubby good time Ooh, i would smoke scrubby dubby good time <laughs> Oh gosh! And here we go. Let's invent a strain. Um, Anyway, but yeah, I I think another part of that conversation that I love is, and and again, we've we've talked about this with other people, is how cannabis, in a way, is changing standards for um, agriculture, and and how practices are changing, and and in my mind, improving, um, but always being explored. And that's kind of the cool part about a new industry. Anytime something's brand new, it's undefined. It, it It's not like corn. It's like, this is how you grow corn. This is how we've grown corn for the last 300 years. Now people are actually partaking in the mass agricultural cannabis. So it's being defined as they go. And that's allowing them to not have any preconceived notions, which I think is awesome. Yeah. Um, and, you know, Eleanor said that she could connect us with some experts in that field and i do think that would be a really cool topic is how cannabis is influencing agriculture and sustainable agriculture specifically so if you're interested in that as well give us a shout we'll make it happen 
Yep. We'll make happen. Did I forget the it there? Like, no. I think you said it. too fast. Yep. Um, anyways, so thank you so much again for listening. As we said, we're going to try and pump out a bunch more episodes for you guys. And if you're listening before Monday, the, what, geez, 30th. what's the date? 30th? Yep. We are doing a wellness and immunity giveaway. So we're giving away some echinacea CBD tinctures. We're giving away fire cider, hemp-infused fire cider, um, a couple accessories to make smoking safer, and a $50 gift certificate to any small local business that is struggling in your community. You are you get to choose. It's our way of giving back and helping support small local businesses. Absolutely. So and find that on our Instagram, which is at Mary Jane Experience. All you got to do is tag a couple friends and follow us. And some stuff, and you're and, in. and it's some fun little product while we're all going through this very interesting COVID nineteen time that um, promotes cleanliness in your cannabis use, which is fun. Yeah, so. so check that out. And as always, we love you so much. We can't explain how much it means to us that you even listen to five seconds of what we say. We're trying our best to bring you the most honest and interesting content. So thank you for supporting that. All right, sniffles. Let's. Dial it back. <laughs> no, I'm totally kidding. I thank mean you. it. No, thank you to everybody. Um, again, these are weird times and we got a lot going on and we're just going to try and give you something to take your mind off of it. As always, please, please, please like, follow, subscribe, comment. We want to hear from you. We are found all over social media, pretty much at Mary Jane Experience, the Mary Jane Experience at MaryJaneExperience.com. Uh, we're in the process of building a marketplace right now. Soon we'll have a lot of the fun, cool, kind of available anywhere products uh, that we find all over the cannabis industry available there as well for your smoking needs, um, storage needs, all the like. So check that out. It's going to be highly curated, fun, artistic stuff. And as always, just reach out. We want to hear from you. We are basically a community-based platform for you to interact with. So if you have questions, comments, or stupid statements, We'd love to hear from you. So thank you guys very much again. We are the Mary Jane Experience. Enjoy yourselves and stay safe out there, potheads.